Thank you for joining our podcast today. This is the Results Matter Business Podcast by RCI. When results matter, think RCI. RCI is a business consulting group based out of Tennessee. Our services include digital transformation, cultural transformation, operational excellence, IT, and fractional leadership. We offer strengths in healthcare and manufacturing. We hope that you can gain something out of our podcast today, which helps you to move the needle. If we can ever be of assistance, please reach out through our website at www.thinkrci.com or on social media at thinkrci. Now, let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Results Matter Business Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Zoba, and I'm pleased to be joined by our guests, Guy Deloach, Joe Noble, and Andrew Van Bruegel. In today's episode, we will be discussing strategic planning and why it is vital to the success of an organization. So with that, let's jump in. So kind of want to get things kicked off today. Guy, just in your words, can you um, mm-hmm. explain what strategic planning is and what some of its fundamentals are? Yeah. Hey, Andrew, it's great to be with you today. So, you know, when we talk to uh, clients or we're teaching here at the university about strategic planning, it, it covers one of the most complex business or management processes out there. And when we talk about strategic planning processes, I mean, I tell you, there must be two or three dozen different um, process steps and, you know, processes that, that are popular out there. But, you know, if we, if we simplify it into it's really its most simple terms, you know, it, it's basically a process where the organization, you know, defines its direction and sets that directions and it makes decisions on how best to align or allocate its key resources and key processes. You know, it uh, it takes uh, it sets long and short term goals and it takes actions in achieving those uh, those uh, particular long term direction of the company. Now, that's that's pretty simplified. But, yeah, we'll start there. OK, I, I, I would say um, that, you know, having been in strategic planning with a couple of major corporations and we work at it in consulting and here at the university is that. One of its foundational elements that that I feel is is overlooked so often is the actual business model. Um, you know, a lot of people jump into the strategic planning. They want to do, you know, this competitor analysis, internal analysis, and external, and and they kind of just forget to look at their own business model. And, and you know, that business model has those four key elements. And, and really the most important is that that customer value proposition. And, and when we work with some of these companies is that they don't stop and look at that value proposition that is unique in differentiating themselves by customer segment. And, and it has a life cycle to itself. And so a lot of times the just the business model of the company needs to be overhauled or it needs to be improved. And, and you know, those other elements of key resources and key processes that, that allow the value proposition to be delivered need to be examined, you know, are those activities still um, relevant? And and then, you know, sometimes we ask leaders um, as part of that business model, what's the profit formula? You know, so how do these key resources 
and these key processes interact and align and deliver the value proposition, but it has to be delivered with a profit formula objective. And and sometimes uh, a lot of smaller mid-sized companies, they don't really go through the the mental ja- uh, gymnastics there to try to put that together. They forget that the importance of a value proposition. You know, Andrew, we were talking, I think, just last week about um, a startup company, and we were we were talking about value proposition, and I was a little bit um, concerned with some of the investors how they 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 didn't even understand what that term was and the importance of it. So yeah. Yep. The most important thing you can do is understand how to drive that value for your customer. And um, I think that that's some great information breaking down each of the steps. Um, Does anyone have a real world example of maybe just an example of strategic planning and how, why it was successful? So Andrew, this is Joe. Um, Good to see you and hear and talk to you again. Um, So I've got two examples, right? So typically, you know, you have the small to medium sized companies that uh, have a strategic plan and most of the time it's in somebody's head, typically the owner. And so uh, I have an example that worked out really well for this. It was a uh, an automotive supplier and uh, one of the strategic objectives five years down the road was to get connected to some of the um, uh, transplant car manufacturers, you know, not the typical uh, big three. And in order to do that, there were certain steps that had to happen from a quality perspective, from an infrastructure perspective that uh, you couldn't do overnight. And so uh, the owner of this company said, hey, in the next five years, that's one of our goals strategically is to have business from some of the transplant auto companies. And we had a, uh, a list of tasks to get done in those five years to set us up for success. And so to me, from a small company like that, that was a great use of the strategic planning company or a strategic planning um, concepts to really drive growth in that industry and in that plant. Um, another example I have is, you know, for some of the Fortune 500 companies that typically they have a vision and they have a objectives that are sent down to all the subsidiaries and all the manufacturing sites in that uh, company uh, yearly, we had a plant manager that said, hey, hey, that's well and good. You know, we're going to get objectives around safety, quality, delivery, cost, and people, and we're going to meet them. But for the plant that we were working at, one of the uh, strategic objectives longer term was to change the model of the plant and go from a typical uh, over-the-counter drug manufacturer to tablet manufacturing and tablet packaging, which opened up a whole list of profitability and income for the plant, but that wasn't even part of the corporate goals for the plant. And so that was a long-term goal that the plant had set for itself And, you know, 
along with the same type of thing where you had a list of tasks we had to accomplish in order to meet that goal. And it was very successful because we had things that we had to get done uh, every year in order to meet that five-year objective of becoming a packaging uh, plant for over-the-counter uh, drugs. So to me, those are two really good examples. No, thank you for sharing that. I think that that's really good. Joe, can you give me a quick overview of the different key steps in strategic planning really quick? So really, it's about getting input, number one, from all the key players, right? I know in a plant, uh, manufacturing plant, or even in a, uh, a service industry, you want to get what each individual department and what some of their goals are, number one, corporately, but also uh, where they want to be in the next five years or seven years. Uh, and so to get that input from everybody. And then, uh, so that's the first step is to get everybody's input from a, a department perspective that uh, we can get uh, where they want to be in five years and then meld that to uh, where the entire organization wants to go. And uh, until uh, you get that buy-in from everybody, you can put plans in place uh, in infinitum, right? That uh, nobody will look at again. So, you know, you have to, number one, here's the plan. Here's the actions have to be taken. And the, uh, the follow-up on some kind of regular basis to make sure that we're getting progress towards what that strategic plan is going to be in in the coming years, and that that's it in a nutshell for me. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, it's uh, it's Andrew here. I just wanted to sort of add that, yeah, you know, the actual process of coming up with a plan is generally quite well understood by organisations, and they often do it offsite or they they make an event out of it. Um, but I think the part they leave out is what am I supposed to be doing with the strategic planning for the rest of the year. You know, if you like it to say a football team that obviously has a plan when it comes out to play a game, it knows the competition well, both as a team, but also as a um, uh, the individual players. They know the coaching style of that opposition uh, and they talk a lot about what are we going to do during that the planning period or the, or the, or the you know, with the, the duration of the game. But what would happen if they didn't do anything until the next game? You can imagine it would all fall apart. So I find the weakness really in the whole strategic planning uh, kind of concept is organisations don't do anything after they come up with a plan to review it regularly, uh, to course correct where necessary, um, and to consider whether that plan is appropriate for the circumstances as the year progresses. And I find that a lot of plans really just get put aside and shelved and everybody goes on doing what they like to do rather than what the strategic plan um, had instructed them to do. Yeah, Andrew, that's 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 really great. Uh, I think we've all can can uh, reinforce that with the offsite meetings. And uh, so I've got a little story working with Toyota that kind of, it kind of reinforces that. And I had a president working for me and we were working on a strategic plan and brought it in his office. And he looks at me and I bow and I hand it to him, the draft, and uh, he drops it on the table and wham, it hits the table and he looks at me and he goes, guy son, uh, strategic plan too heavy. 
And so, you know, having him as a, uh, a sensei and a teacher, I know what he was telling me. Hey, your strategic plan is too complex. It's, it's too many goals, too many objectives. This thing has to be um, down to the critical um, direction and objectives of the organization so that you can articulate it and you can communicate it. And so I went back and pared it down and uh, he accepted it. And he comes in the office about, I don't know, three or four months later. He goes, guy, son, uh, where's strategic plan? And I panicked for a moment. I said, man, where's that plan at? And took me a minute and uh, I, I looked up on the shelf and it was up there on the bookshelf with my books, pulled it down. And I was like real proud of myself and hand it to him. And I, this part I'll never forget because this particular Japanese gentleman was a smoker and he loved these dried squids. And he holds it in his two hands. He's across from it and he blows across the top of it right in my face. And he goes, guy son, strategic plan too dusty. And he was trying to tell me is that this strategic plan has to be dynamic. And I think that's what you were talking about, Andrew, is, is that how do we take the plan and we actually implement it, we execute it, we we have that feedback loop where, okay, that was the target, that was the action plan, but on this real-time dynamic basis, how are we adjusting the plan? How are we meeting the plan? Are we adding different resources? And it's a living, breathing type process. So I'll never, never forget that. But I think when you were saying that, it just kind of brought that story um, back to mind. I can't agree with you more, Guy. I mean, that's typically what happens with a lot of strategic plans is there's a lot of time and energy spent developing them. And it becomes just that, uh, a bookshelf item. And, and until you can get the strategic plan as part of the regular business culture that we're reviewing it, we're acting on it on a regular basis, it definitely uh, becomes useless at that point. Yeah, that's great input, guys. Thank you so much for that. Um, Guy, what are some common challenges that come up when, like throughout the strategic planning process? Um, overcomplicating it. Um, you know, it, it, it one of the issues is is that this the the actual strategic plan in and of itself has to be communicated throughout the organization. So it that plan is there to align all levels of the organizations and all functions of the organizations so that we can focus the uh, the, the um, resources and the people's activities to achieve, that goal. And, and what I see is that common is after what Andrew and we've been discussing about the ability to execute, it's really the ability to communicate it to the people um, that are, let's say, down on the floor, you know, what is their role and responsibility within that strategic plan? What should they be doing? Um, how does their reward and recognition or performance tie into achieving that strategy. So to me, that's that's one of the bigger challenges, the communication and people's understanding their roles and responsibilities and how they impact and achieve those plans um, as it rolls up. And I think I often see, uh, Andrew, um, you know, the objectives and the outcomes from the strategic plan are sometimes not really very realistic. 
Okay, uh, now there's a fine line between, hey, let's have a plan that's stretching the organisation or potentially re, uh, reimagining what we're doing or whatever, but it needs to be achievable as well. So I find one of the reasons strategic plans get put onto the shelf is because actually nobody is really committed to delivering those objectives because they're actually what we'd like to be or what we imagine we want to be or what we would like to be in another life. It's not really what we must achieve this year or over this period. And so it doesn't become something that we need to live by. And I find that a big challenge for the strategic planning process is there's an art to, to, to picking objectives and strategies which are achievable and yet at the same time challenging. One of the best examples I've seen of that is I was in a plant and all over the plant they had these posters and it said 530. And man, everybody could tell you what 530 was because it was the strategic plan for the year, which was a 5% productivity increase, a 3% total downtime for the year, and a zero accidents. And so I just thought that was a really simple way of, you know, communicating to everybody, hey, 530, and everybody knew what that meant, and that was the goals for the I love that. I love that. Keep it simple so that everyone can understand it, so that everyone's on the same page. Now, I know as we're kind of wrapping up here, I want to just touch on one thing really quick, too. How do you measure success and how do you adjust your strategies and stay flexible? Guy, maybe you can speak to this. Okay, I, I can speak briefly. I mean, there to us, and I know um, the three of us have kind of, there's a what's called a tier process, and, and that's probably a whole nother podcast in and of itself, but it's a, it's, it's a way in its just kind of simplest form. It's, it's key performance indicators is that it's some part of that strategic plan. We have cascaded those goals and objectives down into relevant key performance indicators for unique activities, processes, or levels of the organization. And so when we've established those targets, um, is that it's a means by which how are we um, achieving those targets? What is our current status? Do we need to take corrective action in regard to that? So it's that feedback loop of the strategic planning process where we've established those key performance indicators across several different dimensions. You want to measure, you know, um, internal activities. You want to measure external customer satisfaction. You want to look at financial. You might want to look at different innovation dimensions, but you have those key performance indicators that are quantifiable, that we're looking at, and we're reviewing and making adjustments real time uh, in the process. Looking at it from a different lens, um, yeah, that's the that's the effectiveness of the delivery of the objectives from the plan. But the planning process itself is that successful? I would measure that by, like Joe said, do people know what the plan is? Can they explain to you uh, in 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 you know, 30, 40 seconds what is our strategy and what is our strategic plan? Is there visibility of that plan? How is it reviewed periodically? Is there a process for reviewing it? Uh, how broad is that process and how deep does it go? Uh, is it something that the executives do only or does it, does it somehow get cascaded down uh, through the organisation? So talking here 
care about the success of the process itself, I would measure it in those terms. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's a real good comment. No, thank you for putting that into perspective. Um, well, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you all for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's good talking to you guys. This is Andrew Zoba, and this has been the Results Matter Business Podcast by RCI.